0: Well, I want to welcome you to our first church service of 2021. It's Kind of weird to say. I'm glad you're here. There's no better way to start a new year than worshiping our Lord and Savior today. And if you're joining us online, thank you so much for joining us. We're honored that you clicked on us today and that you're joining us. If you have your Bibles, turn with me in the New Testament today. We're going to start out 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We're actually going to be looking at several passages of of Scripture this morning out of uh, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, but we're going to start 1st Corinthians chapter 10 uh, this morning. 1st Corinthians chapter 10. Just a reminder, we are starting our Wednesday night Bible studies back up this Wednesday night. Uh, We hope to be able to do that and continue to do that in person, and offer online options. Luckily, well, not luckily, we've just been blessed to be able to do either or and both uh, during this past year. And uh, right now, we, we are, we're going to start off trying to offer online on Wednesdays, uh, but uh, I'll tell you, we, we are, we've got a lot of folks in our church right now who are quarantined who have the virus, um, and so we're just going to, from, from week to week, may have to play it by ear, what we do and how we do it, and so just to be attentive to that, be patient with us. Uh, we're, we're doing the best we can, and uh, we're going to continue to do that uh, as, we, as we wrap up this pandemic in 2021, looking forward uh, to that. Well, I, I don't know about you, but... The other night on New Year's Eve, about midnight, I I stayed up. This is driving me absolutely up the wall today, and I don't know what the problem is. We'll get it going here in a minute. But anyway, I stayed up uh, because I wanted to see 2020 come to an end. And so we stayed up till midnight and we celebrated 2020 being over, good riddance. Right? I mean, at this time last year, think about it. We had no idea. We had no idea that 2020 was going to affect all of us the way that it did. And the way that it would. And like many of you, uh, I've never seen anything like it. Uh, And as happy as I am to see it go, to be honest with you, we don't know what 2021 is going to hold. We we don't know what's coming. We don't know what we're uh, about to face even in the, the, the coming weeks. And, you know, it's more than just a little concerning that they tell us, you know, as far as the virus goes, uh, it's going to get worse before it gets better. And I can't even imagine that considering how many people I know right now uh, that are being affected by this virus or have been affected by us. But, uh, but if you, you know, probably every single one of us that are here or every single one that's watching online have been affected in a negative way in 2020. By this pandemic and, and by this virus, whether it be uh, the business that you're a part of or maybe that you own has, has suffered uh, because of it. Uh, many folks have experienced unemployment this past year that never dreamed that they would be unemployed. Many families are under financial strains. Many people have experienced illnesses that they never imagined. And then many have lost loved ones throughout the past year. And not only that, but also uh, the divorce rate, the the statistics coming out about the number of uh, filings for divorce in 2020 have just skyrocketed and alarming, uh, have been alarming over the past year. But we've always heard and we've always been told all of our lives, often, God will not put on us more than we can bear. And I'm sure at some time in your life maybe even this year you have heard one someone say or maybe you have even said it yourself and it's often innocently said to try to bring encouragement or comfort or hope to someone that's going through a difficult time and we hear these words God will not put on you more than you can bear. And then we go home to face the overwhelming burdens uh, that this world has thrown at us. And I've heard people time and time again over this past year, and it's come out of my very own mouth. I can't take much more. I can't take much more. And we wonder if God won't put more on us than we can bear then what is wrong with us? Why does this seem unbearable at times? Why does it seem like the waves just keep coming and crashing and pounding and hitting? What is wrong with me? What is wrong with my faith? What is wrong uh, with my relationship with God? Because to be honest, we can't bear much more of this. And then... You know, we, we start feeling guilty about that. We start maybe doubting our faith because God would never put more on us than, than we can bear. But, but don't miss this this morning. God's Word does not say anywhere that He won't put more on us than we can bear. It doesn't say that. And so if someone has ever told you that, I promise you that yes, they meant well. They wanted to encourage you. They wanted to give you some hope. They were just trying to help you. But here's what I know from far too much experience after 50 plus years of life and 20 plus years of ministry. Sometimes it is more than we can bear. Especially if we try to bear it alone. The Bible doesn't say that he won't put more on you than you can bear. The Bible does come real close to saying that. It's why I believe it's often misinterpreted. But here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13, we actually see the reference that most people are using in a situation like this. And Paul says this, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. Say that with me this morning. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. And I can assure you that when you are tempted, uh, tax season is right here upon us and sometimes Maybe you're tempted to fudge a little on the numbers to make it come out a little better for you. Uh, I can assure you that when you are tempted to cheat on your taxes or when you are tempted to maybe take something that's not necessarily yours to be taking or maybe you're tempted to uh, commit adultery or maybe even tempted to worry, you can never say, Sorry, God, that temptation was just more than I could endure. It was more than I could bear because God always makes a way to escape. He always gives us a way to escape temptation. And don't be confused because also God is not the one who is tempting you. God is not the one who is, who is tempting you in your life, but, but here's what I, I want to do today. After a year like what uh, we've been through and the uncertainty of what's coming in, in the days ahead, I want to take a look at this idea uh, that if we're all honest, at some point in time we probably have all believed to be true at some point or time, or maybe we just think today that it ought to be true, that God won't put more on you than you can bear. And I want to look at a few things about this idea this morning because here's the deal. Christians will experience things that are unbearable. And we need to know that. We need to understand that. That even as followers of Christ, we will experience things in our life that are going to be unbearable. I believe that we probably all could agree today that the Apostle Paul was a Christian. Amen? I mean, could we all agree upon that? Paul was a follower of Jesus Christ, probably one of the greatest followers of Christ that we have a record of and that we know about. And we also know this about Paul. He went through some really, really bad stuff. He went through some very difficult situations. He went through some things that he could not endure, at least not alone. And so I want to look at some of those things this morning here in in these two letters that he wrote to the church there in Corinth, and and now I want to skip over to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, starting at, at verse number 8 now, the Apostle Paul writes this. He says, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, don't miss this, what he says, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. But this happened, that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God. If anything that 2020 has taught us, it should be this. We might not rely on ourselves, but we can rely on God who, oh, by the way, raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril. And He will deliver us again. Say that with me this morning. He will deliver us again. On him, we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. And then, if you skip on over to, to chapter 11 and in verse 24 and 28, Paul talks about some of the unbearable things uh, that he faced. Look, just look at a few of the things this morning. Start at verse 24, chapter 11. Verse 27, he says, I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have gone without food. I have been cold and naked besides everything else. (laughs) I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Friends, I think we can look at that today and just be reminded when we think that we have had all that we can bear and we think that we're going through All that we could endure and we get to the point to where we say, I can't take it anymore. All we have to do is look up and look around and you won't have to look far to find somebody or see somebody that's got it worse than us. And I would say this morning, That what Paul is summarizing here that he has been through is far more worse than anything you or I have faced in 2020. And I think that we could all agree this morning that what Paul writes about here sounds like some unbearable situations, some unbearable circumstances. But don't miss this. Paul, great example of a spirit-filled, spirit-helped follower of Christ and a great example to you and to me to follow and model our lives after. You can't deny that he had more problems and trouble than he could endure. He says it here himself. So the first thing that we need to, to realize is that sometimes, yes... Even Christians, even followers of Christ, hurt so deeply and go through such things that sometimes, yes, it is more than we can bear. And the second thing that this misquoted Scripture about that is this, when we believe that God won't put more on us than we can bear Friends, it just creates unnecessary confusion and guilt in our lives when we have that mentality and we think that. Uh, again, this misquote is, is usually spoken out of kindness. It's usually you know, spoken with love, but it can cause tremendous guilt uh, and confusion. First, first, the confusion. It creates confusion about God because it suggests this, that it is God who puts this adversity and this trouble on us that it's God that is doing to it that to us friends can i just tell you today god does not do that that's not god that is not of god god does not create confusion Lynette and I often uh, have the opportunity to to talk to people, and they they, they will say to us, I'm confused, I don't know what to do, it's just like everything is just chaos, and and we will remind them, God is not the author of confusion. God is not the author of chaos. That's not who our our God is. Uh, Scripture tells us that that's who Satan is. That's what He's doing. That's what He's trying to create is confusion and and chaos. The Bible teaches us that our God is a good, good Father, right? Our God is a a loving Father. He has plans for good. He, He wants good for His children, And the reason we live in a world that's filled with suffering and sickness and pandemic and and, and bad news and, and, and division and all these things is because we live in a fallen world of sin. It's the reason God gave us the book of Genesis in the Bible is so that we would understand why it happened, and and why we live in a world like what we live in today. God didn't put this suffering on you. He didn't put this uh, suffering on us. But here's the deal. He does allow it. He has allowed it. And sadly, you know, God gets blamed for every bad thing that happens, it seems like, anymore, because everybody's looking for somebody to blame. And if you can't find somebody around you to blame, well, let's blame somebody we can't see, right? And so... You know, God gets blamed for disasters and God gets blamed for, for pandemics and accidents. And people question and ask, how could God, a loving God, a good God, let something like this happen? But in a nutshell, the reason that there's sickness, the reason that there's disasters, the reason that there are pandemics that occur is because we, lived in a fa- we live in a fallen world, we live in a messed up world. It's the consequence of sin from the fall of man. Friends, we really have no one to blame but ourselves for this world that we live in. It's kind of like the person who smoked two packs of cigarettes a day for 30 years and asking God how come I'm suffering with lung cancer, right? If you need to place blame somewhere, blame it on sin. Blame it on Satan. Get mad at Satan. Don't get mad at God. Don't blame Him. Blame it on bad choices. Blame it on a fallen world. But you can't blame God for putting trouble in your life. Life is not fair, but God is good. And secondly, thinking that God won't put more on you than you can bear. Not only is that statement confusing to people, but it also can create tremendous guilt. Uh, It can make people who are broken... Um, feel really guilty that they are broken. It can make people who are broken think that they must not have a good relationship with God because somehow they passed the breaking point. And Christians just don't do that. And here's the deal. Often, what people are going through around us It is more than they can bear. It is more than they can bear. And yes, there are thousands of Christians who have a chemical imbalance that causes them to suffer from depression. Clinical depression. And so they hear this statement that God won't put more on you than you can bear. And they think... I shouldn't go to a doctor for help. God won't put more on, me than, more on me than I can handle. I don't need medication for depression because God won't put more on me than I can endure. And they feel guilty because they get to the point to where they can't even get out of bed and make it through the day. And friends, not on purpose, But we've created this guilt in the church by saying followers of God and followers of Jesus have got a good life and it's easier and it's better and that's not always the case. Sometimes it's even more difficult because we're following the path that leads to the cross. Living in guilt, so many people Because they think, if I was a good enough Christian, if I had enough faith, then God would help me. There are multitudes of people. Folks, there are a lot of people around you right now, today, that are under unbearable pressure and are at a breaking point. And we need to understand that. We need to know that. We need to be able to recognize that. They're struggling. Some are struggling with the death of a loved one that doesn't make sense. Some are struggling with anger. I've talked to people who have gotten seriously ill or had parents or grandparents that got seriously ill, and I'm going to tell you, when they see somebody not wearing a mask, it makes them They blame those people. We have a lot of hurt in our world right now. We have a lot of pain in our world right now. And as the church, we must see it and we must recognize it and we must approach it with love and with grace. That's who we are as followers of Jesus. We don't slam our foot down and say it's going to be our way or no way. Thank God Jesus didn't do that to me and you. He extended us love. And he extended us grace. And there are a lot of people that we are coming in contact with every single day who are hurting, facing unbearable pressure like they never dreamed or imagined. And they're at the breaking point. Many have lost loved ones. Many are going through extreme family difficulties that they never saw coming that were brought on by a pandemic that we never expected. Many people have lost their jobs. Many people have financial strains. And there have been people in the middle of a pandemic who have been diagnosed with cancer. There are many people today that we come in contact with each and every day that are carrying the burden and the load of the fact that they found out that their spouse has been unfaithful to them, or their spouse is abusive to them, or they've had a teenager that has got arrested on drug charges, or a parent that's suffering with Alzheimer's, or a parent or a grandparent that's in a nursing home, and they've not been able to see them for over ten months. And friends, I could go on and on and on today. We are surrounded by people with broken hearts, broken dreams, broken homes, and broken promises. And when broken people hear this statement, God will not put more on you than you can bear, than they think, then what is wrong with me? Why does this happen? And I'll be honest today, I don't have all the answers. I've told you before, I've got more questions than I've got answers. And we won't know the answers until we see Jesus. But I believe one reason for it brings us to our third point, and it's this. These unbearable things, these breaking points... These unbearable circumstances teach us that we can't make it through this world alone. <laughs> We're not going to make it through it alone. Paul wrote 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 9 11 again. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves but on God, who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and He will deliver us. On Him we have set our hope that He will continue to deliver us as you help us with your prayers. Paul basically said two very important things right here in this passage of Scripture that you and I must learn. Number one is this I can't make it without God. I can't make it without Him. I can't get through this life without Him. I read this post that was posted on an internet message board. Some of you probably can relate to this. The the lady wrote, Where do I start? I need a new place to live. I need a new job. I need to be able to support myself and my boys without counting on Johnny, who is basically in self-destruct mode right now. Two tickets that have gone to warrant. His truck has been unregistered for two two years. He's probably on drugs because his skin is gray and his eyes look wild. People don't want to rent to a single mother with two boys and a cat. People don't want to rent to a woman with bad credit. People don't want to rent to a crisis magnet. To summon the energy to look for yet another job, the third in two years, and look for another home, third in two years, look for another childcare, fifth in two years, is more than I can bear. The Bible says God won't give you more than you can bear. Okay, God, I can't bear this. I need your help. How many more people like her do you think are out there in our world right now? Out there in our community right now? Even right here in our church today. I had a long conversation with someone after the 830 service. It was a nearly identical situation. They may be in your office when you go to school to to work tomorrow. They may be in the classroom when you go to school this week. Or they may even be living in your home. Our message to them should be this. Yes, God sometimes does allow you to bear more pressure than you can endure so that you will seek Him. Sometimes it takes getting us to that point before we will seek Him and understand We can't do this on our own. We can't do this alone. And that brings us to the second point that Paul makes here uh, in this scripture. And it's this, the last statement that he makes there in in, uh, uh, verse number 11. He says, On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us with your prayers. Listen, Paul's saying this, I can't make it without your prayers. Can I just say to you guys this morning, I can't make it without your prayers. You can't make it without the prayers of others. It is so important, it is so critical. Friends, this is what the church is about. This is what the church is for. And i tell you, and I'm not trying to guilt anyone right now. I assure you, I totally understand. I was 100% full on board. We have got to be able to do online services through this circumstance and situation that we find ourselves in right now. And I'm thankful and grateful that we have the ability to be able to do that and to do it simultaneously. But friends, I'm concerned about... People getting comfortable not going to church. I understand that for safety reasons, we had to shut things down for a while, and we may have to do it again. But when we come out of this, and we're going to come out of this, when we come out of this, what damage has been done to the body of Christ? Because I'm going to tell you something, the coming together of the church, the coming together of the body of Christ is one of the most important things that we do as the body of Christ. I need you, and you need me, and we need each other. I can't do it alone, and I can't do it without you. And you can't do it without them. And Paul says, I can't make it without your help, without your prayers. When people reach the breaking point, they often think, I've got to pull up my bootstraps and I've got to make it through this i've got to do whatever it takes and i'm private and i'm personal and i don't want people to know what's going on or what i'm going through but you know what you finally get to a point some of you know what i'm talking about you get to a point to where you don't give a rip who knows it you just need some help you just need some support and y'all that's what the church is for that's what we're about, you know. Often we will hear uh, through the the prayer chain, the gossip line. You know, we'll hear that someone's going through a bad circumstance or situation, and you know, we'll wish you. You know, we'll uh, whisper it quietly to someone. Did you hear about so? When what we ought to really be doing is going and knocking on their door or calling them up on the phone saying, What can I do to help? How can I help you? What can I do? Instead of ignoring it because we don't know what to do. Often people, when they get to the breaking point, will get to a point where they figure out they can't do it. and So they'll call upon God. But part of trusting God is being able to trust and seek the help and prayers of other people. I've had people tell me that we're going through a bad situation. No one reached out to me because no one knew it. I will often get a message or a phone call or a snarky Facebook comment that the church didn't do something or not enough or what blah, 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 blah. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, if the church did nothing and we didn't do what you expected, then we probably did not know. I can't read your minds. I don't know when your family's sick and when they're not. And to be honest with you, I'm not getting all my news from Facebook lately. Just so you know. So if you're expecting me to know what's going on in your family on Facebook, then it's probably not going to happen. Folks, we need each other. We need the church. We need to seek the help and the prayers of others. Galatians 6.2 says that we are to bear one another's burdens. That's us. That's the church. Bear one another's burdens. And it's so easy to do, and I find myself guilty of this all the time. I'll pray for you. How much help is that if we never pray for them to say that we will? You know how much it means to someone my mother was telling me the other day, said uh, uh, her, my mom's sister got COVID and, and was in very serious shape. and They didn't think that they were going to make it. And uh, she was talking about, her pastor's wife called and just asked her if she could pray for her over the phone. And, you know, of course, my mother is like me. She cried watching a commercial on TV, but she began to cry. I thought, you know what? It just means so much to people to know that We are praying and will pray. And when we say, I'll pray for you, just do it right then. Call them up on the phone and say, can I pray with you over the phone? Friends, that's who we are as followers of Christ and as followers of Jesus. And I can't do it without your prayers and you can't do it without my prayers and you can't do it without their prayers. That's what Paul's saying to us here. Hurting people need the love and prayers of other people. And so I encourage you this year, in 2021, can we be that to others? Can, can we be that to other people that we would say, you know what, I'm going to go into 2021 and I'm going to look for hurting people yeah i've got my own garbage i've got my own problems i've got my own issues i've got my own uh sicknesses i've got you know i've got plenty going on myself but god would you help me see those around me that are hurting those around me they're at a breaking point those around me who haven't drawn a check in months those around me who are afraid they're about to lose their home, those around me that are suffering, God, would you help me to look for them and pay attention to how I might could help them? Would y'all join me in doing that in 2021? Just to look up and look around and realize and understand there are actually people around me who have it worse than I have it. How can I love them? How can I help them? How can I encourage them? Because here's here's the deal. You don't know when the day may be coming again to where you need their help and you need their prayers in your life. And so we just feed off one another and reciprocate that. And then the last thing this morning that Paul teaches us, this is the good news. It's all good news, but this is the greatest. God supplies his grace to sustain me through the tough times. And as I close this morning, I again use an Apostle Paul here as an example because he's a great example. Paul had a chronic problem that never seemed to leave him. And no, he wasn't married. <laughs> But he had a problem. And it's often called the thorn in his flesh. Many of you are familiar with it. Matter of fact, he wrote about it here in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 7. He says this about it He said, To keep from being, becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Once again, a reminder to us here, it didn't come from God. Three times I pleaded with God, though, to take it away from me. But God said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, Paul says... I'll boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, I delight in insults, I delight in hardships, I delight in persecutions, I delight in difficulties. For when I am weak, (laughs) then I am strong. Through the years, scholars have tried to guess what Paul's thorn was. There's a lot of speculation. Uh, The theories range from it being some sort of uh, medical problem uh, to maybe eye problems that he may have had or perhaps even sexual temptation. But honestly, uh, I'm glad that we don't know what his thorn was because honestly, we can look at this and it's kind of like men's socks. One size fits all. Uh, It could apply to all of us, to any thorn that we feel like we might have. But whatever his thorn was, here's the deal. The same principle applies to whatever pain you may have to whatever weakness you may have or whatever unbearable situation that you may face. It all still applies. Paul says, I beg God three times to take it away. But God allowed him to suffer his thorn for a reason. And don't miss this. It made Paul depend on God instead of himself. That's where God wants to get us. That's where He will get you to. To a point to where we will depend on Him instead of ourselves. There's a country song. It's called, It Sounds Like Life to Me. (laughs) How many of us have said that? Well, that's just life. sounds like life to me. And the song talks about you know, life being tough, but then it says you just got to suck it up. I've quoted that song a lot. You probably have too. They just need to suck it up. They need to just get over it and move on. I'm going to have to just suck it up. I'm going to tell you, there's been a lot of people just trying to suck it up over this past year but there are times when that just doesn't work. There are times when sucking it up doesn't work and you can't bear it anymore. And you may think since you're a Christian that you shouldn't feel this way or You shouldn't show any kind of weakness or need in your life. And so, we come together and we act like we've got it all together. We pretend like we're okay, but you know that you're not. And you know if the truth be told that you're far from it. Trying to deal with the stress and the problems of your life alone without any help. After all, if you broke down or you admitted it, it would just prove that your faith in God wasn't strong enough or that you weren't strong enough. Can I just tell you, I've learned that it's not a bad thing to experience brokenness, it's not a bad thing to be broken. It's not a bad thing to be humbled. To us, a broken dish is worthless. We throw it away. But to God, brokenness makes the vessel more usable, and more beautiful. Because God uses broken things. I thought about this the other day. I was watching, uh, imagine this, HGTV it's either that or hallmark around my house i've lost all control but uh some of you may watch i forget the name of the show but there's a couple up there at bentonville uh that's doing remodeling on tv now and they're 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 a cool couple but anyway he was doing something the other day they were pouring a sidewalk in a porch or whatever and he was wanting it to look like this real fancy stuff that they would seen in a coffee shop or something somewhere he was just saying you know we can't we can't afford to do that but he had a friend that owned a a, a countertop shop that had a lot of scrap marble and things like that and so he took all that marble all that scrap that busted up stuff that wasn't no count to anybody just get thrown in the dump by most people and he took that out there and he took a sledgehammer to it and he busted it up made it even more broken than it was before he started with it He poured that concrete, and he began to lay that marble in that wet concrete, and he smoothed it off. Man, when he got done, it was absolutely beautiful. And I began to think. That's what God does. He takes the broken. Sometimes allows it to break a little more. But He will make something beautiful. Isaiah says, beauty to ashes. I mean, beauty from ashes. It's what our God does. That's who He is. Think about the story of the little boy who brought the five loaves and the two fish to Jesus. What did he do with what the little boy brought him? He broke it. It had to be broken so that the multitudes, the thousands, could be fed. When Mary brought the jar of perfume to anoint Jesus, the vessel had to be broken so that the fragrance could fill the room and that Jesus could be glorified. The vessel had to be broken. The body of Jesus had to be broken so that you and I could experience the beauty of forgiveness. Some of you here today, or maybe you're watching online today, you need His help. And He wants you to know this today it's okay to get to the point to where you can't take it anymore it's okay to be broken to feel broken to tell others that you're broken so that you can get some help God knows that some of you are at a point in your life to where you can't bear this anymore but he wants you to know he will help you he will give you grace and he wants to put people in your life through this thing called the body of Christ and the church that will help you and if necessary crawl down in a muddy ditch or a muddy hole and carry you out of it. Because you can't get out of it on your own. Friends, that's the church. And sometimes we have to carry people a little farther than what we want to carry them. And sometimes it gets a little dirtier than we wanted to get. But that's who the church is. That's what the church does. That's what the church must do in the days ahead. And as we approach 2021, we may face some more unbearable things. We don't know what the future holds. But we do know this from the prophet Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 43, this might be a good theme verse for you in 2021. He says this, Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. Can I get an amen? Forget the former things, do not dwell in the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Friends, as crazy as 2020 was, God did some new things in 2020. Who would ever dream that the gospel would have gone out the way that it did in 2020 over the internet and facebook and youtube more than ever in the history of the world was the good news of jesus proclaimed to more people god did a new thing in 2020 and you know what in the new year of 2021 he's going to do some more new things see i am doing a new thing now it springs up do you not perceive it Can we not look back at 2020 before, oh, by the way, don't dwell on the past, but can we not look back and go, do we not perceive that God is doing something? That He's getting people ready, that He's bringing people to a point to where they go, there's no hope in the things of this world, there's got to be something else. And He's bringing people to a point to where they go, there's more to it than this. And people are beginning to hear about God and see God and know about God. He's doing a new thing. It springs up. Do you not perceive what He's doing? I am making, this is our God, folks. I am making a way in the wilderness. It's what I do. It's who I am. I will make a way for you in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland and in the deserts. Friends, this is my prayer. This is is my theme for this coming year. It's my prayer for me. It's my prayer for my family. It's my prayer for you and our church. Don't dwell on the past. Don't be defeated by the past in this new year. God is wanting to do a new thing. And He's going to make a way through the wilderness. He's going to provide streams in the deserts. He wants to do that, and He will do that. And He wants us to join Him on His mission in 2021 to do that and be the beautiful bride of Christ that He's called us to be in the days ahead. Let me pray for you this morning before we go. God, I thank You so much today for this reminder and for this powerful message. That comes to us from your Apostle Paul. God, what a great example. What a great man of God. What a a powerful testimony and powerful story that speaks to our hearts today. It reverberates through our our, our minds and, and our souls because, you know, after this past year, we can relate a little more to what Paul's talking about. But God, we've been reminded today that you didn't cause it. You're not inflicting it. You're not beating us up. You're not torturing us. But you'll help us. You'll extend us grace. And when Jesus left, he said, I know what you're about to face. I know what you're about to go through. I'm going to send you a helper. We have a helper. We sang about it earlier. The Spirit of the living God lives in us, abides in us, and will help us. But God, we also understand that sometimes you have to get us to a point to where we will turn to you and trust you. And that's sometimes a breaking point, and sometimes it's really ugly, the point and the pit that we have to get to and in before we finally realize our need for you and our need for the body of Christ. God, we need you and we need one another. We desperately need you and we desperately need one another. And God, I understand. I pray for these folks that are watching from home today and I hope they didn't hear me wrong today because I understand why they're there and I totally get it, God. We must do whatever we can to protect the vulnerable among us and we understand the time that we live in right now. But God, I pray that when we come out of this that we will not have gotten comfortable not coming together as the body of Christ. God, I pray that the the people in our church, the people in our community, the people in this world that call themselves Christians, that call themselves the church and the body of Christ, will understand, it, 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 no, it's not about the building, it's about what we do out in the world, but it's also so critical that we come together and we help one another and we pray for one another and we support one another and encourage one another and teach one another and disciple one another. It's the purpose of the body of Christ. God, I thank you for the church. And I thank you for your love for the church. And I thank you for how you've blessed the church. So God, be with us as we go out from here. Help us to look up and look around. Because there is always somebody around us that's got it worse than we do. Help us to know how to minister to them. Help us to be willing to pray for them. Help us to get dirty with them. Help us to be who you have been to us in our mess. Help us to love others like that. Thank you for the opportunity and trusting us to do it. God, I love you so much. Thank you for the amazing love that you have shown me. And it's in the powerful name of Jesus that we pray today. I just want to share this blessing. I was reading this as Paul continued there on in 2 Corinthians. Chapter 13 and verse 14, he said this, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all this week. I love you guys. God bless.